Welcome to Inside Athletic Training, a podcast from the Professional Baseball Athletic Trainers Society, where major league and minor league athletic trainers share insight into athletic training at the highest level. This week on Inside Athletic Training, we welcome in Amanda Lee, certified athletic trainer and member of the Seattle Mariners athletic training staff. This season, Amanda will be leading the athletic training staff for AA Arkansas Travelers of the Mariners organization. Enjoy the show. Amanda, welcome to Inside Athletic Training, a podcast from the Professional Baseball Athletic Trainer Society. We're really happy to have you on for episode eight. Uh, to start, I know our listeners would love to learn more about your current role with the Mariners organization. Uh, but first, let's talk a bit about your background and what paths led you to where you are today. So if you could, um, let's take it back to the beginning. Let us know where you're from. Uh, were you playing sports growing up, uh, your education background, and also where you found your passion for athletic training? Yeah, awesome. Thanks again, Sam, for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of this. So just a little bit about me. Um, I am from Tulsa, Oklahoma area. So I, I live just about 20 minutes south of Tulsa. Um, I was an athlete growing up. So softball was my sport for a long time. I played competitively, but unfortunately, I just kind of got burnt out on it a little bit. So then I switched over to basketball. So basketball was my passion. All through high school, I was really hoping to play in college, but that did not work out due to injuries. Um, I went to the University of Tulsa, so close to home. Everything I've ever done is super close to home. Um, I went. I just actually finished a dual master's at AT Still University as well, but all of that was online, which was pretty interesting. My passion for athletic training, looping back around to the injuries that prevented me from moving on with my career in basketball, that is most definitely where my passion for athletic training came from. Um, I was super interested in everything that involved my injuries. I had never really been hurt before, so I was told I was going to have to have a surgery. I had no idea what that looked like or what the injury even meant. So I just did a lot of research. My mom actually still to this day thinks I'm a little bit of a nutcase because days before my surgery, I was YouTubing the surgery, like actually watching it because I just was super interested in everything and wanted to know exactly what they were doing to my body. So that's most definitely, I would have to say, where my passion for athletic training came from. Yeah, that's really interesting. We we hear that a lot from guests on the show. Uh, Ryan DePanflo comes to mind from the Arizona Diamondbacks. He mentioned that um, he was often injured as an athlete in high school, and eventually that led to kind of his passion for the profession, which is which is really interesting. Um, today, you work as the AA athletic trainer for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, I'd love to learn more about how you got to this point in your career. So uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your first job in baseball and how you landed that opportunity. Yeah, so this is super interesting and unique for me. As I went to the University of Tulsa, we don't have a baseball program there. So I was always told if I want to work in baseball I need baseball experience so for our clinical rotations um, we actually had Oral Roberts University as one of those but unfortunately I was just never given the opportunity to get my experience there so I did a little bit of digging on my own and I reached out to all the local AA teams around the Tulsa area so there's Tulsa there's Springfield there's a few in Texas I didn't care where it was I just reached out introduced myself 
this is what I'm hoping to get. Like, can I at least have a conversation? Maybe come see like one day, like what this is all about. Um, I was just willing to like accept any kind of information, honestly. Um, that actually landed me my first position. I was a senior in college. I was finishing up my undergrad and um, Jason Kirkman, actually, he was an athletic trainer through the Dodgers organization. He was in Tulsa, which was perfect right down the road. He reached back out to me and he was like, hey, I would love to have a conversation with you. How about you come out? Um, let's do a little interview. Maybe we can get you out here a few days. So long story short, I took the position. Um, it was a non-paid internship position. So I was doing my clinical rotation through my college, as well as going in any second I could for all the home games. Thankfully, after that, after I graduated, I was offered to stay on um, for the second half of the season where they allowed me to travel. Um, so I got to experience what minor league baseball was like on the road. And again, thankfully, super fortunate after that, they offered me a full-time position. Um, well, a it was technically a seasonal position where I worked for the Dodgers and made major, major and minor league rehab for the whole season so that's where I like really got my first job in first position as an athletic trainer yeah that's really interesting and and it shows that uh like a lot of our guests determination to get into the game is absolutely crucial um you really have to go out of your way and and show people that you want it so that that's a, that's an awesome story there um now you're with the Mariners um what other stops since you've joined Seattle um in the in the minor leagues or within the organization have you made yeah so when I was with the Dodgers um after spending a full year in rehab and I got to work a little bit cold. I just knew for sure like my passion was definitely on the field so I was really missing that like dugout on the field interaction with the players um, so I was really hoping to get a position that involved that so I actually had a few teams reach out to me that year once my position with the Dodgers ended and the Mariners just so happened to be one so I took a short season position with the Mariners, which I thought for somebody in my position, fresh out of school, a little bit of experience, like that was a perfect opportunity for me. So started um, in short season with the Mariners. Unfortunately, we have we had a really big COVID year, so that shut. Um, and then this will be my third season with the Mariners as a trainer. So it's really cool being in double A. Like for me, it's very unique being really close to home. We play in Tulsa. That's, that's my home. Um, we're always really close. I have family around all the time. I have four nieces who get a really cool experience. They get to come around. They love the guys. The guys love them. So um, it's just pretty cool getting to move up in the Mariners organization. I know that they have really high hopes for me, and they're kind of leading me more into a leadership position. So I'm kind of nice to see, like, I've been in Arizona or I've been in Arkansas for three seasons. So we'll, we'll see what these next stops have for me and the upcoming years in the Mariners organization. Yeah, that that's a really cool story. And, and being close to home must, you know, have been awesome uh, to work and just be around family and stuff like that. Um, like you said, the Mariners organization, you know, there's high hopes for, for you and, and your career going forward. Um, would you say that most minor league athletic trainers do have aspirations to get to the big leagues at some point? Honestly, yeah, I, I really do. The guys kind of ask all the time, like, hey, what are your like long-term goals? I'm like, the same goal as you. I'm trying to make it to the show too. So it's just a little bit of a different path for us. The guys could get called up at any second during 
the year. And for us, like wherever we're put, we're there for a year, no matter what. So it could be a little bit of a longer track for us to get there. Um, just depending on the movement in our org or if we're willing to venture out and go to a different org. But for me, for sure, um, that is definitely my aspiration to make it to the big leagues. And I know for sure that that is a lot of minor league athletic trainers. That That's really interesting. And and obviously, uh, you know, everyone has aspirations to get to the, the top of their field. So no surprise there. Um, in terms of getting to where, you know, you are at the top of the field, um, I'm sure along the way throughout your career, you've received some awesome advice from other athletic trainers. Uh, could you share some of the key tips or advice that you may have received? Um, and also what you would share with college students looking to get into professional baseball? Yeah, for sure. So this is going into my sixth year in professional baseball. So I have had the opportunity to work alongside some of the best athletic trainers, physical therapists, just healthcare providers in general. Um, so I have had um, advice given to me throughout the years. I would say just a few of them. Um, never stop learning. So every year, like we have to get our CEUs, which is huge as it allows us to stay up to date with all the latest and greatest information and research and techniques. Um, so one of the big things I've been told is to never stop learning. Like you're never going to know it all. Always like jump out there, ask questions, even if it's from somebody younger than you, like, Maybe they just finished up school and in school they were able to learn like a new technique or something along those lines. So never stop learning. Um, another big thing is don't just sit back and go through the motions. I feel like especially during spring training and in the middle of the season or even at the end of the season, it's very easy just to get like, caught up in a routine and essentially just like go through the motions. Like we do the same thing every day when it comes to our routines. Um, so it's really important to not just like go through the motions, like, jump out there, make every day great, like be a good atmosphere for the training room, for the clubhouse, for the, for the dugout even. I feel like that's something super important in our roles. And starting out, it might be easy just to like sit back and watch, like for those young, like college students, even if you're doing a clinical rotation or if it's your first year, it's super easy to just sit back and watch as you might feel like a little awkward or uncomfortable or just simply not confident in your skills yet. But from my experience, I felt that way too. Like everybody's been in in their shoes. Like we've all felt that. But the more hands-on you are, the more confident and comfortable you will become in yourself and in your skills. So even if you feel uncomfortable, like ask those questions. Like even pull your athletic trainer or preceptor or whoever over to the side afterwards and like practice on them. Like get your hands dirty. It's super, super important. The earlier you start that, the better off you'll be. And lastly, I will just say, like, never stop being you and continue working on becoming the best version of your student and just simply as a person. So that's something that I take pride in. I really like to jump into that, especially in the off seasons when we have a little bit more time. But we're always so focused on our athletes and making sure everything's held together that it's easy to lose focus of ourselves. So that's one thing that I really like to do is just make sure I'm becoming the best version of myself, both for myself but for my athletes and for the organization I work for. That's great advice and, and uh, really quality information that college students uh, could take from, from that answer there. And, and that advice obviously came from somebody and, and mentors, like you mentioned. Who are some specific people who you really benefit from knowing along the way in your career thus far? Yeah, so I would first have to say Ron Porterfield. I was super, super fortunate to work alongside with him my first year 
ever in professional baseball with the Dodgers organization. I learned a lot of what I know and what I do from that man. So he offered everything from advice and being a human to like being a really good clinician. Again, Kevin Orlowski, um, I started off with him with the Dodgers as well. So I learned a ton from him. Super, super smart individual. Um, he had a lot to offer. And it's really cool because we have him now with the Mariners. So really cool to be with him again, learn alongside him. And then my first year with the Mariners, John Walker, he's actually a physical therapist, but he still to this day is my biggest mentor, I would say. Um, super, super helpful guy with everything, whether it be just having a bad day. I have a question about like how I should treat an athlete. Super awesome guy. I'm very fortunate to have known all of them and then work alongside two of them still to this day. Yeah. And Ron Porterfield, as, as many might know, is the president of PBATS and um, an absolute legend in the field of athletic training and one of the nicest human beings that I think we could all ever meet in our life. So that's, that's really cool that uh, at the beginning of your career, you were able to learn from somebody as influential as Ron. Um, getting into a little bit more about the details of the Mariners organization and the athletic training staff. Um, can you share a little bit about how the staff is organized in Seattle and who you work most with on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. So it's a little different. The last couple of years, we've had some pretty big changes in regards to the Mariners high performance staff. Um, we have like a lot of different umbrellas happening now, um, but it's really cool. We have a ton of new people and a lot of moving parts, but it's all coming together really great. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how this year is. This is actually the first year that we will have two certified at each affiliate, um, whether that's an assistant role or an intern role, it kind of just depends, but that'll be super huge this year. Um, really excited to see how that all works out. It's, it's nice to have some extra hands for sure at affiliates. I'm sure everyone can attest to that. I would say I work mostly with our on-field staff members at the affiliate on a day-to-day basis, of course, with the strength and conditioning specialist. And then my assistant this year is going to be Andy Turner, those two will definitely be at the top of the list. We'll, we'll talk and communicate daily multiple times. Um, our minor league medical coordinator is also somebody who I'm in communication with very often. I always make sure to reach out to him with any and everything, whether it be something super small or something big, like a player injury that we might have to send off. I just think it's really important to keep him informed and up to date on the things that are occurring at my affiliate. As He's obviously not there and he's kind of the, the person of contact for the front office staff. So I think it's important just to essentially be his eyes as he's not there. Um, so the major league staff, it's a little different for us over in Arkansas. We're pretty far from Seattle. So our communication, we reach out, they reach out, make sure everything's going okay for the most part. But really um, our AAA and our high A affiliates over in Tacoma and Everett, They have a really good advantage as they're on either side of Seattle. So they have those big league rehabs coming up and down a lot. Um, They can even like just drive over to the big leagues uh, if they want to um, just to have a conversation with the guy. So really our double A staff is a little bit on the short end of the stick as we're just really far away, but for our triple A and our high A teams, like they're very fortunate to be really close to Seattle. So they're in 
they're in better communication. That's really interesting to consider the proximity to the big league club and how that impacts communication between the sports medicine and performance staff. Um, one place you all do get together um, is spring training uh, and that's going on right now. I know you're super busy getting pulled in a, in a lot of different directions and, and preparing for the season, but can you talk a bit about the day-to-day activities at spring training and how the Mariners staff as a whole approaches that time in preparation for the upcoming season? Yeah. Spring training is always a really unique and exciting and crazy experience for those who have never experienced it. Um, so all the minor league athletic trainers report this year, the big league athletic trainers were obviously there a little bit earlier just because their camp started a little earlier. So for us, it's really cool. The only thing that's dividing the major and minor league um, athletic training rooms is a whirlpool room. So wet room. So, um, there's glass everywhere. So you can literally see through to the other side. So it's pretty cool. Cause like we feel connected, like we could easily walk over to their side. We see them all the time. So for me, I, as like, I was just saying, being in double a, like I don't really get the opportunity to see the big league step a lot. So for me personally, I really use spring training to jump over on the other side as often as I can ask questions, learn different techniques and just simply get to know them because that's really my only opportunity um, so since we're divided, obviously, um, the big leagues kind of do their own thing. We do our own thing, um, when it comes to camp and like field coverage and treatments and stuff of such stuff of that such. Um, but one cool thing is that most of the time, especially like the AAA and the AA athletic trainers, we get a week to week over on the other side. Um, so we get to flop flip sides and get to experience the big league side, work on the players, go to the game. So that's always a really cool experience, especially for like our interns or um, younger athletic trainers who don't really have much experience. Like it's really cool to kind of see their faces light up a little bit being on the other side. Like it's not that big of a deal, but it really is such a cool experience. But the, the main thing is like, we all just work together. So it's really hard. Like we don't have set rosters yet. So it's really hard to determine like, Hey, like that's my guy or he's going with you. So it's kind of just all hands on deck. Like we all work together as a team. Um, we all switch taking turns, setting the fields up, setting the training room up and just work together to do treatments. And it's kind of cool just to see how it all flows together and works. Yeah, that's really cool to consider. A lot of you don't get to see each other much during the year. So you get some time to kind of build those relationships within the organization. Um, And and after spring training ends this year, you'll be off to the AA affiliate, like you mentioned. Uh, I'd love to dive a bit deeper into the day to day of that role. So can you walk us through what um, you believe a day is like uh, in the life of a minor league athletic trainer at the AA level? Yeah, for sure. So for the most part, most of our games start at 7.05. So for me, I like to get there to the field at like, oh, roughly like 1030 or 11. That seems a little obsessive as the game doesn't start until 705, especially during the middle of the season. We have a lot of guys who come in for early work or guys that might come in and lift early. Um, So I like to just be there and be available for whoever and whatever. And that also gives me an opportunity to kind of just sit there in the quiet, which doesn't last very long and get any paperwork done, emails sent, um, doctor's appointments, plans, just all of the administrative stuff. I, I really enjoy just like sitting at the field and essentially enjoying the calm before the storm. Um, so 
this year with an assistant, it's going to be a little bit different, which is really, really nice. But so once the players generally start reporting around, I would say noon to one-ish, kind of depending on how the schedule is for the day. So once the players start rolling in, that's when it starts getting a little bit busy. Um, so by then I have the training room set up. I have the, the hot tub, the cold tub, all of that good stuff filled up, the modalities turned on and ready to rock and roll. So once the players start coming in, it gets a lot, a lot more busy. So um, we'll have guys come in. Pitchers generally will come in for their pre-throw routines, activation, stretch, whatever they may need. And then by the time the pitchers start cycling outside to do their throwing programs, their bullpens, or whatever they have going on for the day, um, the position players generally start rolling in the door, and then that's when they're needed. So this year it'll be really cool to see, like, how we can split up as athletic trainers. Like, one can go out to the field for on-field coverage, while the other could be in the athletic training room for whatever the position players may need. So they're generally not as needy as the pitchers, so not as many guys come in. But again, like, there are a few guys, especially outfielders and the catchers, who will come in for activation or shoulder stretch or whatever. Not very many ankle tapes this year, hopefully. Last year we had quite a few ankle tapes. Um, so just, yeah, any pregame stuff the guys may need. Then we eventually work our way outside um, on field coverage for the pitchers finishing up, and then we stay out through BP. Um, we work our way back in, and then, again, generally that's when we're pretty hammered with treatments. It's a bunch of hands-on treatment. Um, hopefully no evaluations, but sometimes evaluations need to go on then. Every now and then we'll have a doc come in. So um, if, if a player is needing need seen uh, most of the time pregame is when the doc will come in so we'll entertain that do whatever we need to do along those sorts um often super super busy so i don't really think about food much during the day but if i get a second to grab something super quick before we start getting dressed and head out for pregame um we definitely take full advantage of that we go get dressed in our official game attire and then we work our way out to the field so um, out on the field is where we pretty much sit in the dugout and wait for something to happen, but hope nothing does happen. And that's what a lot of people see and know and understand what athletic trainers do um, is the on-field coverage type stuff. So um, we're in the dugout during the game. We're there and available for any and everything. It could be something as simple as, hey, do you have nail clippers? Hey, do you have something to wipe off my sunglasses? Um, we're there for... We're there and prepared for any emergency that may happen. And then we go back inside. At this point, we're all pretty exhausted. So most of the guys are in a rush out to head out of the field. We're there and available for any post-game treatment that may occur. Again, if any injury were to occur, that's when we would do our full evaluation. We pretty much clean up the training room, sit and work on our notes. We're out of there, hopefully before midnight on a good day. And then we do it all again the next day. <laughs> that's, that's certainly a, a long day, um, a huge responsibility. And, and it sounds like a very exciting year upcoming for you with uh, more staff available at that level. Um, so we appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I want to shift gears a bit. Um, so as many of our listeners know, uh, it's currently National Athletic Training Month and also Women's History Month, month with which is pretty cool. Um, recently, we've saw seen some statistics from the NCAA about head athletic trainers and the growth in the profession with 
uh, more female head athletic trainers at the NCAA level since 2012, which is really amazing progress. Um, also, 44% of athletic trainers at the Division three level are now women. Can we talk a bit about what being a woman in athletic training has been like for you uh, and mostly a profession that has long been um, made up mostly of men uh, and also how you've seen the growth in more women getting into the profession over the last decade or so? Yeah, for sure. So this is something that's been crazy over just the past few years. So I started out in 2013, 2014. And for the most part, I was the only female around at the Dodgers. Um, we did have one other female there. She was, the, I think she was the high A athletic trainer that year. So I saw her a little bit around spring training, which was nice. Um, but yeah, starting out, it was very difficult to find a restroom, to find somewhere to change. Um, as anybody that's been in minor league baseball, you you know that like you wear your clothes to the field and then once you're to the field, you dress into your field clothes. So for me, I just wore my field clothes to the field every day and I didn't have the luxury of having the clubby wash my clothes because I had to wear those same clothes home as there was nowhere to really change. And I did laundry multiple times a week. So um, it's just like simple things like that, like like the stats that you just mentioned, like we're slowly seeing an uphill climb with women, especially in men's sports, which is phenomenal. Um, I never really saw it as an issue, honestly. Like I kind of just set a goal and I never really saw that as a roadblock in my way. And thankfully that never really was a roadblock. I had an opportunity to jump in head first and I took full advantage of that. So coming from where I started in 2013 to like now being where we are, like in double A, they knew I was coming. They obviously it's a male's world. Like they don't have the clubhouse set up for a female to be around. So um, they saw that and they built me like my own little section to like, I have a bathroom, a shower, a little clubhouse of my own there, which is really nice. Um, something super cool and interesting. Like when I started out with the Mariners, I had no idea I was the first, on-field staff member hired by the Mariners. We were actually in a meeting. It was one of my first days there. So I have my phone sat down. I'm trying to pay attention, trying to meet people, just trying to be engaged and interactive and getting off my phone. And my watch was blowing up. My Apple watch on my wrist was blowing up. And I was like, oh no, like I hope, hope something's not wrong at home. Like it seemed very urgent. Like why is my phone blowing up? And I look and it was just a bunch of people sending me a link to an article. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So once we had a break, I clicked on it, and that's when I actually knew and found out that I was the first female on-field staff member with the Mariners. I had no idea. So I was like, I've never took this position to essentially break the barriers. Like, that was never my goal. That's not even something I ever thought about. So I think it's super interesting that, like, this is such a big deal because I feel like it shouldn't be. Like, I feel like as a woman who had a goal to work in baseball, like that should just be my goal and I should work hard to get there. And because I've worked hard and because I pushed myself and like gained the knowledge that I need to be successful in this field, like I should be given the opportunity to be successful in this field, not because of race, not because of gender or anything. Like it just should be given to those who work hard and earn the opportunity to. So just the fact that it is an issue, like I knew that I was getting my, what I was getting myself into. Like I am a woman coming into a male's world essentially. And like, I didn't expect there to be bathrooms for me to get too easily and stuff of that sort. So 
seeing the change over even the last two years is phenomenal. It makes me super excited. Like last year I had an intern. She was a female. Um, we had a video girl. She was in a female. Um, this year we've hired our, what she'll be our high A assistant or intern this year, a female. So it's just really, really cool. Like we're essentially, we have a tiny, um, in spring training, we have a tiny little, um, locker room that's like overflowing and it, it's just really cool to see. Yeah. It, it shows a lot. Um, you know, the progression as teams are, are making sure everybody feels comfortable, um, in their workplace, but even more so a credit to you in terms of how you approached your career. Um, like you said, not looking for benefits or handouts or anything because of gender race or whatever, but really just you wanted this and and you're very determined and you're, and you're making it happen, which is, which is awesome. Um, within the field, uh, like you said, there's been so much growth, um, for women working as athletic trainers in men's sports. Are there any women in the profession who have been very instrumental in your career or that you look up to? Yeah, 100%. Um, every interview I have, phone call I have, um, this topic always comes up, obviously, just because like this is a new and upcoming thing. And I've been fortunate to be around for a while. But Sue Falstone was number one, like my biggest, inspiration and she still is to this day it's kind of cool because like every now and then like an interview will come up and like I said I always mention her name because she really is the reason that like I wasn't afraid to step up like I knew that like if I had a dream and um goal to reach something like I'm like I can make it happen and and she kind of was like a big role model in that sense because like I'll never forget one day um I was really big I didn't really watch TV very often in high school, but when I did, like I would have just like ESPN on in the background. And uh, I remember specifically one day I saw breaking news on the bottom and I thought that Sue Falstone was the first female head athletic trainer in any of the big four sports. And kind of just from that moment, like I was already interested in athletic training. I kind of was finding out more about it. I didn't really know like exactly what that meant for me yet. But um, from that second, I was like, she was the first female head athletic trainer. I'm going to be the second. Like that's just kind of been my goal. So um, it's really cool. I She's reached out to me a couple of times. So I've had communication with her. I'm still waiting to meet her in person, but she definitely is the number one person I look up to be and hope to be even just like, 10% of one day. Absolutely. And I've had the chance to meet Sue a couple of times in my work with PBATS and she's a fantastic human being and such a great advocate, um, for all athletic trainers in the profession, not just, um, uh, women. So it's, it's really awesome that she's been a role model of yours. So I'd like to talk a bit more about your education. I know you attended, uh, like you mentioned, the university of Tulsa while getting your bachelor's degree in athletic training, um, but also received your master's degree from AT still university, uh, can you talk a bit more about the importance of education in your career and how impactful that has been? Yeah. So um, at, upon finishing my bachelor's degree, I plan on going back and getting something, whether that be a master's and something. I was really hoping to go to PA or PT school eventually. Um, that's just something I was always told. Like, if you want to work in professional sports, you need to have more education. So that was something I was planning on doing. Um, my situation was pretty unique as I got offered a position straight from my undergrad. Um, so it was a little different for me. So during the COVID year is actually when I took full advantage of being home and becoming the best version of myself. As I was talking about earlier, 
I decided to enroll in AT Still University and get a dual master's in kinesiology and sports psychology. So I do feel education is super important and impactful um, as somebody in my position going forward. I also feel as if um, experience and CEUs and learning new techniques is almost just as important. Um, like I said earlier, like one of the biggest things of advice that I've been told is never stop learning. So I think just speaks to itself. Yeah, that's clearly it's, um, you know, learning and continuing education is very important for anyone in athletic training, anyone in any profession and really gives you a leg up on on you know the competition in the field, uh, would you have any advice specifically for college students wanting to get into athletic training and are who are considering a master's degree? I talk to some college students every off season at a college close to home for me, and that's like one of the major things that we talk about. Um, I actually talk to high school students as well who are interested in athletic training but don't know if they for sure want to do that or not. For me, I knew exactly what I want to do wanted to do. Um, so it was a little different in college, but I, I had those friends who were enrolled in something and they were like, I absolutely hate this. So they ended up just wasting a lot of years. So I would say one of the biggest things is get some experience. So if you're a high school student and you have an athletic trainer at your high school, go talk to them, like ask if you can shadow them for a day if you've had an injury and you've gone to physical therapy before talk to your physical therapist ask about their journey and their education um especially for college students it's a little different so when I was getting my degree is all I needed was a bachelor's degree so I got my bachelor's in athletic training now all of those bachelors are switching over to master's so if you're interested in athletic training I would say doing like a fast track um, program would be awesome. Um, I feel like that would be awesome opportunity if I was given the opportunity when I was going through school. Essentially, you're getting your six years done in five years. But for those who maybe have gone through college and caught their bachelor's degree and they're interested in getting a master's in athletic training, um, yeah, again, like I think just getting experience and making sure that's really what you want to do. It's kind of cool though because athletic training degrees, you have to go to clinical rotation. So every college or university is a little different with what that looks like. Some rotations last an entire year and others last three weeks out of time, which gives you a little bit more of an opportunity. So just for an example, I always thought I wanted to work in sports and I never wanted to work in a clinic and I never wanted to work at a high school just because it just sounded awful to me. But um, throughout my undergrad, we had to go to a high school and we had to go to a clinic. And both ended up being really good rotations. Um, it might have had a lot to do with the preceptors I had there. They were, they were both awesome. But you don't really know if you like it or if you hate it until you try it out. So if you're interested in athletic training, ask questions, reach out to people. Um, I am always willing to talk to anybody. I have students athletic trainers, anyone along the sort, reach out to me actually all of the time, whether it be my LinkedIn or my social media. Um, and I'm always willing to hop on a call, answer a quick question, hop on a Zoom. If you're in the same city as I am, I'll go meet you for coffee. Um, so like, don't be afraid to reach out to people and ask questions if you're interested. 
um, if you don't really know where to get started, um, there's always people that, that will definitely help lead you in a good direction. So ask questions, get as much experience as you can um, before you start your master's degree. And then obviously throughout your master's degree, you'll have the opportunity to get the experience in specific rotations. So that way you'll you'll have a better understanding of what you think you want your focus to be or your long-term goal. That's really great advice. I know that'll be super helpful for students. Um, you know, everyone's always a little intimidated when they're trying to get their start and, and really figure out what they want to do with their with their life and their career. So that that's great insight there. Um, Amanda, we really thank you for joining the show. It's been awesome talking with you. Uh, to wrap up today's episode, we're going to finish with a quick Q&A segment that we call Extra Bases. Uh, so I'm going to ask you four quick questions, and you'll be able to share some insight into your favorite things about athletic training. So we'll start at first base. What is your favorite athletic training room to work in? Yeah, so actually my first year with the Mariners, I had the opportunity to cover a few big league games for their pregame um, as I was in Everett. So on the two off days that we had, um, they invited me to come down to which was Safe Coast AM T-Mobile Park um, and get some experience and see the training room. So just because that was the only big league training, athletic training room I've ever worked in, that was for sure the coolest opportunity in my favorite training room to work in. But being realistic, being in AA, um, my favorite AA athletic training room to work at is in Wichita. It's a brand new stadium. It was supposed to be a AAA park. The facility is pretty much like a um, tiny MLB facility. So it's, it's super new and super nice and spacious, which is everything as an athletic trainer we could ask for. So AA Wichita athletic training room, probably my favorite. That's awesome that you were able to get some time uh, at the big league level and really experience what that's like. And and also with regards to Wichita, I'm sure any new stadium that's that's built has really awesome amenities for the athletic trainers. So it's really cool to hear. Um, what is your favorite stadium uh, to watch a game from the dugout? So I'm a little biased with this answer as Tulsa is my hometown, but One Oak Field in Tulsa just kind of holds a special place in my heart. That's where I was given my first opportunity of being an athletic trainer in baseball and getting experience. Um, it's my home, but there's also just something about the feel of Tulsa, um, especially from the visiting dugout, which was a little weird being in at first. You just have such a beautiful backdrop of downtown Tulsa. And I know too, I am a little biased, but almost every single player and staff member that I've talked to that have either played in Tulsa or even Oklahoma city, they always say that that is like their favorite field and, and not even just the field. It's just like the environment. Um, so I am a little biased, but I do have some people that could, could back that up. I would say my favorite stadium to watch a game from the dugout is definitely one Oak field in Tulsa. That's great. And clearly a powerful home field connection for you there. Um, moving on to third base, what is your favorite city to visit on the road, whether that's like fun activities, food or music, but anything you enjoy doing on the road, what's your favorite place for that? Yeah. Again, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously Tulsa just because I'm home. So most of the time, like I get to sleep in my own bed, which is really unique for somebody in my situation. But honestly, every single, like, like, like I was saying, all of the guys that I talked to, they say that like Tulsa is their favorite. For me, 
not so much when it comes to fun activities just because like I've seen it all. It's all old news to me, essentially. But like most of the guys, like Tulsa is one of their favorite places to go. That could also be because there is a pretty nice casino, like really close to the hotel. Now that I think about it, that's probably why they love it so much. But honestly, um, my first year when I was in Everett, we played in Vancouver and it was like a super, super old stadium. I wish I knew what year it was built in. Super old stadium. Um, but it was like the coolest vibes, like Vancouver, Vancouver in itself was one of the coolest places I have ever been. The stadium was electric every single night. It could be a Monday game at 4 PM and the stands were packed and the, the fans were just as rowdy as could be. So I would say for me personally, Vancouver is probably one of the coolest cities I've got to visit. That's really cool. And I've heard awesome things about Vancouver, but you know, never been to this point. Definitely hoping to do that. Um, moving on to home plate uh, for the last question. Uh, did you have a welcome to pro sports moment at some point during your first year as an athletic trainer in professional baseball? Yeah. So for me coming straight from my undergrad, um, I just felt like not necessarily lost, but it was kind of scary. Like I had gone to school in Tulsa. I am from Tulsa. I had, I had obviously visited other places, but I had never moved anywhere far on my own. So kind of just like an eye opening experience for me was finishing up my undergrad and then packing up and moving 16 hours away from home to live in a town that I wasn't familiar with didn't know a single soul in Arizona yet. So it was a pretty big change. But for me, I think my biggest like welcome to pro sports moment was my first day at the Dodgers facility. I walked through the door. I didn't know anyone. I was slightly terrified. I finally found a a familiar name. I didn't even know the face. I just a familiar name that I had talked to through my interview process. I was just kind of trying to stay out of the way. I came out a super busy time. And then all of a sudden, Justin Turner is sitting on our table and he calls out to me and he asked me to do something for him. And like, it was my first day. I didn't know anyone, but I sure did know that that was Justin Turner sitting on the table. So technically he was my first person to work on in my career. So um, that's just kind of a cool, a cool moment that I'll never forget. It was slightly terrifying. And then Justin Turner is asking me for help. And I was like, I don't even have a Dodger shirt on yet. Like what is going on? But that's definitely a moment that I was welcomed in head first. That's that's a really cool story, and and glad that things got off on the on the right uh, right shoe for you uh, at that time in your career. Um, I'm sure that was really important in growing your confidence going forward. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for joining the show. We really appreciate your time and your dedication to the profession of athletic training, uh, and we really hope to have you on the show again soon. And wish you best of luck throughout the upcoming season. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And that wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening to Inside Athletic Training, a podcast from the Professional Baseball Athletic Trainer Society, a show for athletic training students, educators, and professionals who want to learn more about life as an athletic trainer in major and minor league baseball. If you've enjoyed the show, head over to pbats.com to gain access to other free resources. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, thanks again for listening.